Welcome to the Funny Books and Firewater Podcast. Each week these idiots pair cocktails with comic books. You can find the cocktails, drinking game rules, and playlists on the blog at funnybooksandfirewater.com. While at funnybooksandfirewater.com, you can also find a drinking game rule to play while you listen to each episode. You can follow us at FirewaterCast on Twitter, and FunnyBooks and Firewater on Facebook and Instagram. This is episode 166, Taproot, a story about a gardener and a ghost. Part of Pride 3, Kissing in a Tree. You're on time! What's up with that? Wow, we are directly on time. That's weird for us. That's very strange. (laughs) Yeah, what is wrong with us? I don't know, man. We're normally at least five minutes... I mean, we could blame Maya because he's not here. We'll just I was going to say it's probably him. Maya's fault. <laughs> we'll blame Maya. He's not here. We'll blame him. So this may or may not be. We'll see what episode this is. Uh, <laughs> we're going to say that this is episode 166. Sounds right. That's what we're supposed to be because we recorded 170. We, we recorded these out of order. Then we had things go on. So we released the uh, mi- missing episode. And we're now two weeks behind on our months. So at some point in time, I'm going to have to like release these and get these all caught up. But it's going to be a thing. So this is either the second to last or the last Pride book we're recording this month. Uh, we're doing Taproot, the story of a gardener and a ghost. Um, and speaking of gardeners and ghosts, we have... I don't know why. I, that, there's really no way of tying that all. I really want to see where you're going. I, yeah, I'm not going to. Uh, but, you know, uh, we'll start with uh, Mr. Adam. Hey, Mr. Adam. Hello. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, I was sad you couldn't um, get free yesterday to go to gaming con with me. Well, yeah, I, you know, it's, I no, was, it's fine. I get it. It just I, how it was, was your fun. panel? It was really cool. So, gaming cons, not like uh, Fan X, where like lots of people actually show up to stuff. Uh-huh. We ended up with about twenty people, and I think we broke the record for the number of uh, attendants at a panel. Oh, really? Yeah, but it was really cool. Uh, I got to go there with our good friend Sarah. Uh, mm-hmm. My friend Brooke hopped on, uh, Sean oh, Hadigan, how would you say his last name? Mm-hmm. And like three minutes into the thing, we're like, uh, the moderator was like, can this be, is anyone here offended by language? Can we make this uh, not safe for work? And no one cared. So they all got to <laughs> learn my, they got to learn my nickname. Oh, they nice. got to learn that Todd <laughs> is the CDA. That's uh, nice. Uh, and Maya was there too, so Maya was got a chance to hang out with us and do all that. And okay. he's like, "I can't believe you said that in front of fifteen people." I'm like, "I've said it in front of thousands, so <laughs> it doesn't really matter." Uh, but yeah, I'm Adam. I um, I'm officially now the uh, the film editor for Big Shiny Robot. I got some new duties coming with that. Because uh, before the reviews editor just meant I wrote all the reviews. Now I actually yeah, right. have stuff I do. Uh, also, occasionally at the Board as Hell podcast with Andy Wilson. Hi, Hi Andy. Andy. Who also, uh, I'm recording tomorrow, we're doing Spider-Man Far From Home, which uh, is a ton of fun. I'll talk about it at the end. And yeah, we're still doing Andy Wilson Month in August. Yeah, so July next month, in theory, we're doing As Seen on TV. Uh-huh. Um, which, well, I'll just do the rundown. I was going to do this later, but I'll do the rundown now. Um, we're going to start out with Deadly Class, and then we're going to do Umbrella Academy, and then we're going to do Lucifer, and then we're going to do iZombie, and then we're going to do Stumptown, which is a new series coming out on ABC. Um, and then in August, we're going to be doing Andy Wilson Month 2, because the first one was such a success, because Andy yeah. had really good books. So we're doing Dr. Aphra, uh, The Dark Avengers Siege, uh, The Dark Knight Strikes Again, and Daredevil Guardian Devil by Kevin Smith um, will be August. And then, yeah, that'll there's two months ahead of time notice. So, you know, if you need to make orders into in-stock trades or your little comic book stop, there you go. Yeah. So. And then, um, of course, I'm always over at Cinema Queens with our good friend Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hi, Chris. 
Uh, and then curating our grinder, scruff, and tights with a Z account. And then uh, in September, I will actually be coming down to California with Clark. So we'll have to meet Hooray! you, Jason. Yeah. And awesome. uh, hang out with, uh, obviously, you, Brian, and maybe do some live episodes while we're down there. So That sounds like fun. Yeah. You can see the new digs. Ooh. So then, speaking of Jason, the Hollywood elite, how are you, sir? <laughs> uh, I'm fine, Brian. Thank you. Uh, as you mentioned, I am a writer in Los Angeles. Uh, and because... I'm not quite sure uh, if this is going to be before or after the Life with Kevin episode. Um, regardless of when you hear Life with Kevin, that is going to be old news regarding the WGA and the ATA fight. So here's the latest update. Uh, so the WGA has formally rejected the ATA's newest proposal and will not entertain any offer of shared profits and packaging as they still believe packaging to be an unfair business practice. Since then, the WGA has also reached out to individual agencies to try to negotiate with them instead of through the ATA negotiating team, and they have all refused to engage with the WGA, so the WGA has accused them of collusion and anti-competitive behavior. As the WGA sees and desist letter to the ATA states, quote, under labor and antitrust law, the ATA's right to negotiate with the Guild existed only because the Guild consented and in doing so extended legal protection to the ATA. But that accommodation is not the norm. Trade associations such as the ATA don't typically have the right to bargain for their members as a group, such bargaining is usually an illegal restraint of trade. So in addition to this strong language in the battle between the WGA and the ATA, two big writers have officially signed with new agents at Verve, who is one of the a few agencies which has agreed to the new WGA Code of Conduct. Uh, John August, who wrote Big Fish and uh, most recently the live-action Aladdin. He's also a renowned uh, script doctor around town, and he has uh, his own podcast called uh, Script Notes, which is great. And the other writer is uh, one of the co-EPs on Preacher, Susan Hurwitz Arneson. Uh, after that, expect more writers to make the jump as the WGA and ATA keep fighting this out in the courts. Back to you, Brian. Okay, thank you, Jason. And I'm legally, legally obligated to follow up Mr. Jason with Mr. Todd, whose house we are recording in. Two guys, one mic. We're sharing a microphone today. How are you, sir? I am doing well, and near us is little baby Spawn as well. Yeah, you might hear little Lebowski in the background. <laughs> yes, so she's making herself more known all the time. So yeah, I'm Todd. I'm here in Salt Lake. You can find me here on this podcast. Uh-huh. There we go. <laughs> and we keep going. <laughs> so if you see me around town, say hey, and it'd be nice to chat with anyone. Yeah. You you missed the guilty look he gave me when he uh, he said only on this show. Which, oh, they heard it. I know they, <laughs> they, they heard that audible glare. So, um, but never giving me an audible glare, at least not that I can tell from this distance. We have Lena. Hi, Hi Lena. Well, I can't say that I don't give you a glare, but I'm not right now, so you're fine. <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, hi, I'm Lena. Uh, I am an event manager based out of the New York, Connecticut area. And um, traveling like a crazy person um, yeah. for a while. And Adam, when in September are you going to be in California? I believe we're planning to drive down on the 16th and stay um, for a full week and then come back like on the ninth day or something like that. I don't know. I have to look again. Oh, you're going to leave like right before I get there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, hey, I'm Brian. I'm a sound designer basis in California. I'm currently in Utah designing some shows for uh, Lyric Rep. Uh, the show that I thought was going to ruin the reputation and scare off all the old people has so far done fairly well in the show reports that I've read. Um, we'll see if that holds true because there are some uh, there are some jokes that might even make Adam blush in that in that play. I uh, don't believe you. We have seen you blush before. We have seen it you blush before. Possible. It is possible. Yeah. What did I blush at? I remember this now. What was it? What did we get him to blush at? It was like one of the seven signs of the apocalypse. Uh, Adam blushes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Let me think about that. We'll have to think about it, but yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, so I have one more show to do out here, and then I will be heading back to California, and you know, and then I'm also moving, so I'll have a whole new space to record out of, which will be fun. Um, so yeah, so there's all of that. So uh, this week, we are doing Taproot, the story of a ghost. Uh, Adam, I think you picked this out because you picked out all the Pride books. Um, yes, and I'm, I'm sorry for the one that we didn't like. <laughs> you know what? That's still not a bad, you know, average, con- considering my... My one Deadpool book that I will never live down. I think you're doing okay. Because it's but at least awful. it wasn't as bad as Boba Bo. <laughs> true. That is very true. So, uh, do you want to give us a little preview, Adam, as to what we're going to run into? Uh, yeah, so this is just a uh, It's a really simple kind of love story. We got this gardener named Hamal, and he has the ability to see ghosts. And there's this one ghost named Blue who is in love with him. And they kind of go on some adventures together, and wackiness ensues. So, uh, let's start out with... Um, drinking game rules no actually wait what do we do? we do votes first now don't we yeah i don't have my list in front of me right now so i'm kind of freeballing it this this could be okay. very dangerous votes okay so we're gonna go into votes as to whether or not we believe it is worth you our dear listeners harder and time money and effort to read this book mr adam uh yes lena yes okay <laughs> jason i'm a soft yes as well okay todd yeah and i'm a yes i actually really like this book um, okay, then, Todd, what do we do now? <laughs> You're now drinking we do me last time. Games. Now we do drinking games? Now it's drinking games. Okay, so yeah, yeah then, then song and then drink. Okay, then song and dance and then drink. Okay, so drinking game rules. So for drinking game rules, I'm going to go first because Todd will appreciate. I've themed mine together. I'm following mm-hmm. Todd. Well, I've <laughs> themed my drinking game and my song together. Okay. Uh, so this is uh, this will give you a hint as to what my song is going to be for the playlist. Uh, but I am doing Creeping Death. Every, uh, take a drink every time the Reaper appears or calls. Uh, that is your rationale for taking a drink. Uh, Mr. Jason. Uh, mine is called My Boy Blue. Anytime Blue's name is spoken, take a drink. Uh, Lena. A story without words. Anytime there's a panel with no words, drink. Mr. Todd. Mine's called, um, hey, don't you remember the snowman? So as you're reading this book, it just incredibly reminded me of that 1978 novel, The Snowman, that was made into a movie as well, that not a single word was spoken. Mm, okay. Do you remember this, kids? Back. Sort of. Yeah. Sort of. It's called, yeah. this reminds me of the snowman. Okay. There you go. It's not as weird and esoteric as some of your drinking game rules are, so we'll go <laughs> so with it. So when, when are they supposed to drink? When it reminds them of uh, 1970s. Okay. 1970s. So you need to be over the age of 40. <laughs> yeah. yeah probably. Okay. To understand this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. This, this is basically a rule just for Todd. Got yeah, it. pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> That's not uncommon for Todd. Uh, yes, that's true. <laughs> and Mr. Adam. Uh, so actually, I tied my drink in with my drinking game. Uh, the drinking game is called Death's a Bitch. Uh, whenever death insults someone. Oh, nice. <laughs> there we go. We had two death-themed uh, ones. Okay, well, speaking of theming things together, um, we'll go in with songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, my first song is same name as my drinking game. It's Creeping Death by Metallica. Not okay. necessarily right for the tone of this book, but I just I like the idea. So, um, Mrs. Elena, or Ms. Elena, or <laughs> Madam Elena, or I'm trying to figure out the best term. Did you just assume her gender? No, I'm, I'm trying to assume her, her role. No, he already asked me, Adam, like, on the first time I, I, I recorded, if it was Miss or Ms. or what, and I was like, it's Ms. But yeah. anyway, oh, okay. we've had this conversation already, Brian. Keep yeah, up. I know we have, but I started saying one, and then I realized it was wrong, so I decided to try to cover up for it by saying every <laughs> one I could come up with. <laughs> He also doesn't have his notes in front of him. That's true. <laughs> yeah, there you go. 
Um, my playlist song is the You and Me song from the One of These. Oh my gosh, for uh, from uh, Romeo and Juliet, Juliet soundtrack. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, Mr. or Mrs. Adam. I'm not Actually, so, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm not assuming your gender, so. No, this is like, just really fast before I do my drinking game, oh. which actually I did a uh, song. So at where I work, we've got a pretty decent uh, LGBT population of employees. Uh-huh. And one of my, uh, my associates is a trans guy. Uh-huh. And... So one day I went to him because we're actually decent friends. And I was like, uh-huh. hey, just so you know, I know pronouns are important. So, like, which, what do you prefer? Uh-huh. And he's like, oh, I want masculine pronouns. I'm like, all right, cool. I just want to make sure of that. Uh-huh. But he constantly gets misgendered by people because he transitioned after he started working. Oh, gotcha. And before, what I would do, I'd be kind of passive aggressive about it, where if they're like, oh, well, where is she right now? I'm like, well, he's over in this aisle. Uh-huh. Or he's over here doing this. Yeah. But it's the point now where I'm just done with that shit. So I have. One of the other uh, associates misgender him. I was like, hey, just so you know, this person really, um, they, they're a dude and they prefer masculine pronouns. I'm uh-huh. like, oh, I didn't even realize I said the wrong one. I'm like, you may not have, but just so you know, it is kind of yeah. rude to do that. And they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. So that's kind of my new mission is to make sure they're not misgendering this dude. So Okay. I nice. appreciate that's that. That's awesome. I love that. Okay, no, good. I'm glad. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, actually, and I didn't realize this, but yes, my drinking game drink and song are tied together because my song is Only the Good Die Young by Billy Joel. Okay. And that was actually pretty um, important to me. It was kind of almost prophetic when I, because I did this before a certain thing happened. Yeah, no, so. I smell what you're stepping in on that one for sure. Uh, Mr. Todd. So this song's all about tone and feeling and not so much lyrics, but it's a port au prince by the Royal Crown Review. Okay, that's off of the Contender album, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, look at that. I know some shit. Uh, <laughs> cool. Mr. Jason. Uh, my song is called uh, Dancing on My Own by Robin. Okay. So did they rip off Billy Idol? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. Okay. That yeah. would just be sarcastic. I, I didn't think they did. So. Well, yeah. maybe they did. I don't know. It's, you know, it's all, it's a possibility. Okay. So, Todd. Yes. Are we doing cocktails next? Yeah. That's okay. what's left. Okay. Well, we can <laughs> cocktails. <laughs> Would you like to start with it? It is Pride Month. It is Pride Month, yes. The last day of. Last day of Pride Mm. Month, it's true. Woohoo. Sure. So mine is called a Cassie's Orange. So get ready for this. It's kind of intense. Okay. (laughs) It's two ounces of creme de cassis and five ounces of orange juice. Okay. Yeah, that's the drink. Okay. Slow down. Yeah. Slow down. Careful. Yeah. So what you want to do is pour the creme de cassis into a parfait glass over ice, add the orange juice, and give it a quick stir so that it is blended, kind of, mm-hmm. um, but also ensure the top is more orange and then the bottom is more red. Okay. And then sip and enjoy. Okay. Uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, so again, this does tie into my first two. This one is called the uh, the Reaper, and what you do is it's an ounce of Kahlua, ounce of silver rum. And a splash of grenadine, you take a small glass fully filled with ice, uh, you add the first two ingredients, and then you splash a little bit of grenadine on top, so it looks like there's blood flowing down it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Ms. Elena? It's a spring flowers cocktail. So it's one ounce of light rum, half an ounce of uh, creme de, de violet, uh, half an ounce of lilac simple syrup. There's a whole recipe that goes with it. Just Google it if you want to make it from home. Um, half a lime and half a cup of soda water. So you mix the rum, the creme de violet, lilac, simple syrup, and lime in a glass. 
add ice and soda water and stir to mix. That's it. Okay. That's only the second cocktail I know that uses that creme de violette. Yeah, we had another one at one point in time. The Aviator uses it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, speaking of flowers and gardens, mine is the English Garden. And since it's English, of course, it's in milliliters, but whatever. Uh, so it's 50 <laughs> milliliters of gin, 25 milliliters of St. Germain elderflower liqueur, uh, 75 milliliters of uh, apple juice, not from concentrate, 10 milliliters of lime juice, uh, and you need cucumber ribbons to serve and make it all fancy. You're going to shake the shit out of all the ingredients except for the cucumber with ice. You're going to strain into a tall glass with fresh ice, and you're going to decorate with the cucumber ribbons to serve. Uh, and last but certainly not least, the Hollywood elite, Mr. Jason. Uh, so in keeping with the garden theme, I've got a hibiscus mojito. I'm going to take a handful of fresh uh, mint leaves, two ounces of light rum, one ounce of fresh lime juice, one ounce simple syrup, half an ounce of hibiscus liqueur, and two ounces of club soda. You'll take the mint and muddle it gently into the bottom of a tall glass. Minus the soda, pour the other ingredients into a cocktail shaker with ice and shake the shit out of it as usual. Pour that mixture into the tall glass and top with the club soda. Stir gently and then drink to enjoy. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, does anybody else have anything, any warnings before we let people off to go read this book? Oh, we need the modification. Oh, what is the modification? Thank you, Adam. You really didn't need to do that. I don't know. Let's ask uh, Maya. Am, am I doing it? Yeah, or? you do it. Uh, supernatural love story. Okay, okay. that works. Hmm. I'm surprised. Oh, I was going to do Unchained Melody. That was right. That was the other song we were going to do was Unchained Melody. I remember I oh. edited that episode. It's like, well, someone's got dibs on that, and no one took it. I don't know. They didn't make any pottery. They didn't. I was a little disappointed no. by that. There is no pottery. <laughs> this is a supernatural love story with no pottery. That's a good warning. Are there any other warnings we need to give people? Um, it's just pretty good for all ages. Yeah, yeah so. it is actually. Which is very sweet. Yeah. Cool. Well, then uh, we will take a brief break and uh, we will let you go and read this book. And uh, when we come back, we're going to spoil the living shit out of it. So uh, you have been forewarned. And we will see you on the flip side. While we take a break, here is a message from one of our fellow Hello Sweetie Network podcasts. Hey there, are you queer or some variation of it? Well, I'm Chris, and this is my co-host, Adam. And welcome to Cinema Queens, where we talk about queer cinema. Each week, we watch beloved queer classics, discuss them, review them, and cover a whole cluster of topics from our favorite scenes, what they mean to us, how it relates to our current world, and the best part, the cherry on top of the sundae happens to be... Gay Rant! So prepare your ear holes! Hey, listen to us queens talk cinema. New episodes drop every Monday on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Bye bye Cool. Do you guys need a break? Or do you want to head in? No, we're good. Okay, let's jump in. Yeah. Yep. yeah, we're like we're on time. We're only eighteen minutes in. Like we're just hauling ass. Oh, we'll fuck it up soon. So. <laughs> okay, it'll happen. Yeah, it's true. We'll go off the rails. Well, part of the problem is is that I didn't bring the book with me because I assumed Todd would have a copy, and Todd loaned his to Maya, who's and not look doing where Maya's at. So this is God, all Maya's okay. fault. It is all Maya's fault. So we're flying a little bit blind here. So who would like to start the conversation off about the book? I'll go ahead and start. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, so it is. Uh, it is a very sweet book, and and I definitely did enjoy reading it. Um, the structure and the world building was a little bit weird for me, um, and I, I saw this uh, phrase um, applied to something else. Um, 
so I'm gonna use it for this, but because I think it works perfectly. It's a really good idea. It was just a little bit too lightly applied mm -hmm. in parts. Uh, so the main part of the story, about 80% of it, is this impossible love story between Blue the Ghost and Hamal, who's a living boy. Mm -hmm. And once that's resolved in a very happy ending somehow, um, the story changes into a weird little sort of jaunty ghost scavenger hunt mm -hmm. as Hamal works his second job as uh, apparently a necromancer. Yeah. Um, but it's a necromancer that isn't like what we would imagine. Um, they're just sort of are able to interact with the spirits um, in a very normal way. They kind of become uh, like Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Or like it was it kind of um, reminded me of the Frighteners in a. a yeah, you know yeah, I mean? no, yeah, definitely. I can see that. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so, but it, the the love story works really well. I think it's a nice rep representation for that. Um, it uh, doesn't really delve too deeply into it. They're both attracted to each other. It's not really. Um, I guess from my perspective, it was never really given a clear reason why either of these people found each other um, to be their ideals, but they're just always around and, and it just naturally occurs, um, which works. Um, well, that's I'm, kind of like real life, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, but they don't really do anything um, that would, uh, at least from an outside perspective, lead me to think, oh, okay, that's definitely why they're attracted to that person. Um, I don't know. It, it, yeah, it just it felt very sort of um, kind of taken for granted. I, I would have liked a little bit more into who these people are as opposed to just that they're always together. Yeah, yeah. that's just me. Okay, though. I get that. So uh -huh. would you say it almost feels forced or? No, not, not forced. It's just it's very assumed. light. Yeah, assumed. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, I, that makes I sense. don't okay. know if I agree with that, though, Jason, because I feel like the blue, like, I just after he became a ghost and he like saw Hamal for the first time, he like was there was something there, and you mm -hmm. see that where he just like he was following him for a reason, and so I think at the beginning there might be you're like questioning like well, I don't know what's going on, but after seeing that like backstory, I thought but it why was, was he following him? Huh? Why was he following him? Um, well, he saw, I'm looking at the book right now and he yeah. was like, follow, he saw him all like walk by him and he was just kind of like watching people pass by. And then he mm -hmm. saw him all and he just stopped and then he just started following him everywhere. Right. So it was just, it's an instant attraction. It's, there's a, there's something there. And I mean, I don't know. I've had relationships that are like that, that you, like there's there's something there and and you just don't think like it doesn't it's not until all of a sudden you're like oh oh I want this to be more than just whatever this was. Yeah, so, no, I, I I I totally get that. I think I'm just uh -huh. um and it may be just that I'm I'm looking for uh more gravitas when something is as important as uh, as a story between two guys. I want there to be um sort of an unimpeachable quality to it and when it's just sort of uh, an as is assumed very easy light yeah. yeah light exploration of of the of, of this sort of topic I, I just i want something more uh, even it, it mentions that hamal is is just his nickname and it doesn't explain what it's a nickname of mm. or why he got that nickname and it's just i, I just want just a little bit more juice into it well, see, I, I guess the reason why this, this, this actually the mm -hmm. way they met and kind of like fell in love worked for me was because that's how I met Clark. Uh, mm -hmm. I was actually in New York City with Brian mm -hmm. 
we uh, were about to go to was it Anastasia? I think that was what we were going to. It was yeah, either that or yeah, probably. It was it was the day after Darren Hansen. Yeah, okay. I, I had the one of the first pictures I sent to Clark was with that uh, playbill, mm-hmm. and I was just I think I was outside smoking or something, and he was in Cedar City and somehow found me. And his first question to me was, "Do you watch Stargate Atlantis?" Because mm-hmm. I said I'm a geek on there on Scruff, and I'm like, "No, but I've seen Stargate and everything else." And so we started talking a bit. And we ended up striking up this really big friendship that, honestly, I thought would just always be a friendship because he lives in southern Utah, I'm in Salt Lake City, and whatever. But we became really good friends, and then, you know, he came up here to visit, we hung out, and things kind of went from there. And, you know, here we are a year and almost a half later, um, you know, going strong, going better than ever. So I can see where Lane is coming from that, you know, sometimes you're out there you see someone and you just like something clicks mm-hmm. and you're like, this mm-hmm. is someone I want to spend more time with to get to know more. And then all of a sudden that friendship relationship can deepen into love. Mm-hmm. And especially in the case with Hamal, like, you know, they don't blue just assumes he's straight the whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I think a lot of us, I, I even asked at work, I had a um, coworker. And I was like, Oh, I heard his girlfriend dumped him. And they're like, Oh no, his, his boyfriend did. I'm like, Oh, I'm stupid. Because I always assume people <laughs> were by until they tell me. And I made that mistake of assuming he was straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of happened here. So I don't know. Maybe it was just what's kind of I've seen in my own life, my own relationships. That like like Lena said, I really loved how they kind of made this friendship turn into a love story mm-hmm. when it didn't follow the stereotypical tropes you see in a lot of romances. But I see Jason's side as well is that there's a lot of like holes that need to be filled in. And now that Blue's a human, he can do that. And uh, <laughs> But I'm just going to that. Uh, I got that. I got that. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I can see both sides. I see what I liked. And also, Jason, you brought some points up that I hadn't noticed before. So thank you. And and to be fair, I, I may be uh, looking at it a little bit too harshly because the world building aspect of it, when uh, the Reaper comes to Kamal and, and tells him that he's just literally issuing him a permit to practice necromancy. I, I love that little twist, but it, it, it didn't. Uh, established that Hamal's green thumb or his his proficiency as a gardener is sort of stealing life force energy from an otherworldly forest. So it just, I I, I might've been too bothered by it sort of a haphazard construction of its world to um, allow myself to just be carried away by that. So that, that's definitely um, part of it too. I will admit. Yeah, no, I get that. Did anyone, what was anyone bothered by that? I kind of just yeah. went along for the ride. I, I mean, I didn't put much yeah. more into it because I just thought it was just sort of like, it was a cute little story. It was kind mm-hmm. of a little bit sweet, romantic sort of thing. And I just sort of, I mean, I don't know. I didn't read too much into it. It did kind of remind me, and I had to look up what the movie was. Does anybody remember from, let's see, what year was this? I'll look it up real fast. From 1993, a Robert Downey Jr. movie called Heart and Souls. Does anybody remember that movie? Oh. Yes, I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> okay, did that remind you of this story at all? Or is it just me? Or am I just reading in the whole ghost story romance thing? No, it totally reminded me when he was talking about, like, he just thought they were imaginary friends mm-hmm. when he was little. And I was like, oh, thing walk like a man. Yeah. Yeah, so I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'm not the only one who noticed that because I was like, I was sitting there going like, this reminds, I've seen this movie and I know it was Robert Downey Jr. and I had to look it up on IMDb real fast. I don't have that completely memorized, but I do remember that movie uh, from like, yeah, from the 90s because my mom used to take me to a lot of movies when I was a kid and like that sort of, that vibe reminded me of it, which... Mm -hmm. I don't remember if that movie's good or not. I I don't know if I recommend it. Watch it. It is fantastic. still fantastic? Okay, so... still fantastic. It's wonderful. Gotcha. Well, Todd, what are your thoughts? 
you know, it was going in there. It's a little bit along with Jason, but for me in this enjoying this story, which I did, it felt very um, atmospheric um, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So kind of like you've got some like light music going on in the background. You might really be enjoying it, but it's not a um, enthralling event. Mm-hmm. But it's just something that really it's like this was a great, pleasant way to spend the afternoon and a bit to like recharge things and a little bit of reorienting yourself kind of a deal. Mm-hmm. So for me, in going through this, it was very much more akin to that process as well. So in a lot of ways, the story itself, the details were truly secondary. And it's just, it's got this cute little art style. There's a sweetness to it. I mean, you even have, I mean, the Reaper comes up, says, oh, you can have this permit now. Just basically it's like, (laughs) fill out the form. Everything's good. It's like, we're all just kind of in a fog of THC and... Mm -hmm. Weird things are happening, but we're like, yeah, we'll go with it. Yeah, you just kind of roll with the punches. Let's on kind of roll with it. Let's go with it. It's like, oh, this could be very bad. It's like, I wonder what happens. Like, well, maybe I'll go away. Mm-hmm. Oh, this worked out. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like Brad Pitt's character from True Romance. He's just kind of chilling there watching the world go by. And he's just like, whatever, man. Yeah. <laughs> so... That's really kind of like the vibe and the feel that, I mean, there is this sweet story going on, but at the same time, there's this this layer of um, things are happening, it'll keep going, and regardless of the events of the moment, it just keeps going through. Mm-hmm. So, and it's just, yeah, it's just kind of, it's a, it doesn't feel like a train barreling down, it's just like a small little boat drifting down a river gently, and that's kind of how I felt mm-hmm. like the whole story was in general. You had a little bit of bends and moves, but it was taking its time to get there and then kind of picked a spot to stop. And there we are. Okay. And yeah. Yep. So I get that. Lazy Sunday afternoon. Is yeah. A- yeah. Cool. Uh, Lena, what are your thoughts? I liked it. It was, it's like the, I thought the art was beautiful. The only part that I was really confused by was blue becoming mm-hmm. alive again. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With the the plant, like the plant that now is his heart or the something, sampling. yeah. I, I and then he turned into a tree, and then he then all of a sudden he wasn't a tree anymore, and he was real. So I just was I was confused by that. But I like the kind of love story aspect to it because where Jason wanted more, like more of it, kind of written out for you. At least that's what I'm gathering from what you said. Um, this actually reminded me of something I actually went through where it was like you were really close to someone and then all it or you're just kind of like oh it is what it is and then you see them whether it be for the first time or again and it just clicked Mm -hmm. and you and then it's like all you want to do is be around this person Mm -hmm. and so I saw that and um and when I read it I was like I get that. So it wasn't, I didn't need it to be explained because I'd been there and they didn't need to explain it because I got it. Mm-hmm. So I liked that. Um, but in terms of all the Reaper stuff, I was like, okay, um, that's fine. Like skip through it. Um, but the pieces of it, like I liked the relationships between like the relationship between blue and Hamal and, uh, and all the other ghosts and, and everything. Um, and even when like blue had disappeared and a couple of the other ghosts were like, Oh blue, you look kind of blue. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was kind of cute. <laughs> um, 
And then one of the other ghosts was like, oh, Blue and Hama, I heard them fighting before. And she was like, oh. So it's one of those things where it's, it's, it's like the relationships between everyone I thought was really interesting. But the storyline just... I didn't understand. <laughs> I totally, like, I didn't care which way or the other. Like, it was like, okay, whatever, move the story forward to, to learn more about the characters. But um, the, the whole Reaper thing and the Necromancer thing and every, I was like, I don't care at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> so I got you. So you were more drawn in by the romance, but not necessarily by the supernatural elements of it. It's not even just the romance. It was it was just the way that when they would talk and interact, and and even all the other characters, um, I I liked. But yeah, the the actual like premise of everything else going on, I just didn't. I didn't care. Yeah, I get you. Hmm. Okay, uh, Mr. Adam, what are your thoughts? I really liked it a lot. It, like Lena said, it's and Jason is a sweet little love story. Um, there's some really great world building as far as you know this character who can see ghosts, which to be honest isn't a really unique trope, but it's handled really well and really cute in this one. Mm-hmm. And but yeah, then it started getting kind of weird. We've got Blue going off to this like horrible forest, and there's something crazy that's chasing him. And yeah, like like uh, was kind of said before, all of a sudden it just completely turns into this completely different mm-hmm. type of book. Kind of like a, like a Ghostbusters type story, and I wasn't expecting that at all because if you read the slipcover or any kind of synopsis, all it says is about Hamal can see ghosts and there's a ghost mm-hmm. in love with him. That's all they tell you. And honestly, mm-hmm. I think that's good because for me, I kind of liked that all of a sudden. I was like, oh, this love story is kind of coming to an end. I was like, wait a minute, there's like half the book left. What the hell is going to be next? And all of a sudden, it's like you know, you could hear the Ghostbuster music in the background as they're using their zombies mm-hmm. and you know, tra- tracking down this. Uh, this ghost of a girl, like her, like her to kind of put her at rest type of thing. And I actually liked that a lot. It was kind of surprising and not what I was expecting at all. But I, I really enjoyed that. And my only really big complaint with the book uh, is that I want to know what happens next. And this was kind of like a one shot deal. And I don't mm-hmm. think the author has any plans of making more of these because this also started mm-hmm. as a webcomic. I don't know if it still is. I went to their website and if you click on the link for Taproot, it's a broken mm. link. Um, but yeah, that was kind of my biggest complaint was that I want to see what happens next. I would read another graphic novel or another trade of this story, uh, but I don't think there's any more. So yeah, the final arc does definitely feel like a completely different story. It's it's this weird sort of procedural romantic ghost hunting story starring a gay couple, which there are very few yeah. of those. So yeah. yeah, it'd be fun to to read more of that. I'm trying to think of who you would cast in a movie of this. Hmm. I think Michael Sarah should be blue. I could see that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Actually, no. Make Tom Holland blue, mm-hmm. and then for Hamal. Todd's shaking his head. He disagrees with you on the Tom Holland aspect. I like the Michael Sarah better. Yeah. Yeah, but Tom Holland's cuter. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's Spider Twink. So. I'm, I'm following you. I get that. I don't know who Hamal will be though. Like, yeah, I can't think. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe have to. Jonah. Or no, you make you make Cole Sprouse blue because he kind of reminds me of Jughead from Riverdale a little bit. I could see that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I came home last night. My mom was watching like six feet apart or whatever that was. I didn't realize that Cole Sprouse was in there. Five feet apart. Five feet apart. Sorry. Yeah. It's a good movie. Did you watch it? I just watched the very end and it just came across as dying teenagers movie. So I was like, oh, okay. Okay. Well, yeah. If you only watch the end, then yeah, you miss it. But but it is a good movie. Tells it tells reality of that whole disease and everything really really well. Okay, like really well. 
So I won't write it off entirely. I'm just saying that's all I saw. But I was like a little bit surprised to see Cole Sprouse was in it because I actually really like him in Riverdale. Was it him or his twin? No, it's him. Dylan oh, okay. doesn't do acting anymore. He's more on the like other side of the um, like art. Oh, like behind the camera. Yeah. Oh, okay. There you go. I did think it was funny. Wasn't I think Dylan Sprouse's nudes leaked online? And the response from his brother was like, well, I guess you all know what my dick looked like now. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm not sure how I feel about that. Cool. Well, does anybody else have anything else they want to bring up on this? I mean, it's sort of a sweet, simple little story, so there's not like a whole lot of depth. Did we get Todd hop in yet? Yeah, Todd's giving his thoughts on it. My my apologies. I'm trying to get my roommate to turn the fucking TV down. Oh, gotcha. Yay. Yay, roommates. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I think, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty decent little, you know, discussion of what the book is. It's not super deep, so there's not like a whole lot to, to extract out of it. Uh, yeah, this, is, want- this isn't Watchmen. No, for sure. For sure. Do you guys want to go into final votes? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Okay, cool. So you're going to have to remind me of the names because I don't have the book in front of me. Uh, it's the same writer as an artist, correct? Yes. Keezy Young. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. Beezy, uh, Keezy. Keezy Young. Keezy. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Her rap okay. name is Little Keezy. <laughs> <laughs> the mild rap name would be Little Beezy. Anyway. Uh, How do you do Little Cum Dumpster? That doesn't really work. Little CD? Little CD. There we go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> or you can just be C Dumpster. There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not Keep urban enough for it. that. Well, we'll work on it. Uh, That's how I became the Cum Dumpster. Just by working at it. <laughs> True. Anyway. So, for self-contained... What is your vote, Mr. Todd? You know, I'll give it a B. I mean, so it ended. You've got this procedural going on and things going, but there's more I wanted. The story finished up, but there's more I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. So, B. Okay, Mr. Adam. Uh, I'm actually going to go with a C because the, the story itself between Blue and Hamal wraps up, but then it takes this turn. You've got this whole new dynamic that really leaves you wanting. If you, if you enjoyed the book, you're going to want to know what happens next. So, I think one story arc did close but it opened up a new one right immediately after it and that was left you left you kind of hanging okay lena i said b plus i was ready to be like oh okay it's over cool yeah (laughs) um i'll say a minus because i felt like it was i was fairly happy with where it ended and wrapped up and i was just kind of okay with it as a cumulative thing um, and Mr. Jason. See, same reasons as Adam. Okay. Well, then, for uh, writing for Keezy, last name again? Young. Young, Young. thank you. For Keezy Young, uh, what is your grade, Mr. Jason? I said a B. It's it's still a very sweet, enjoyable, um, pleasant story. Uh, it's got some weirdness with uh, the plotting and the um, world building, but other than that, it's, it's really delightful. Okay. Ms. Lena. I'm sorry. I'm here. I was I was being summoned from someone else. Um, How dare they? Don't they know how important you are right now? I know. I know. Hi, Tora. Those, yeah, right. <laughs> of course. I love how everyone knows that it's Victoria. Um, <laughs> I I said writing was a B minus. Um, I liked the storyline. Like I like I said, I liked the relationships, but the actual storyline was meh. Uh, Mr. Todd. Go along with Elena on the B minus. It is um, a bit to back where I said this is the uh, the story and the writing itself was kind of secondary to the book of what's going on. And it just kind of happened as you just kind of wiped by. So 
Yeah, nothing offensive in there, so it's a B minus. Okay, uh, Mr. Adam, I'm gonna go with a B plus. I really enjoyed the writing. I thought it was it was lighthearted and fun, and it's got some really great world building I really enjoyed. So I definitely enjoyed that, and uh, I want to go back and read other things this author has done now. Okay, cool. Um, and then uh, oh, it's me. Uh, I'm gonna go with a solid B. Like I I liked it a fair amount, um, and I thought it was okay. Uh, for art, for Keezy Young, what is your grade, Mr. Adam? Uh, I'm going to go with a B plus as well. I, mean, it's, I love the use of colors, how they made the ghost. Uh, they still seemed not alive, but they, they were still characters. They weren't like wispy and, you know, faded out to the point where like they, they, they felt like they were just other characters in the story. And it again, like we said before, I said before, this is definitely good for, for young younger audiences. And it has an art style I think that they would really enjoy. Okay. Uh, Mr. Jason. Uh, I said an A. Um, it's a really, really delightful art style. Uh, the eyes and the eyebrows are especially uh, evocative. Um, and it did actually remind me of uh, an indie video game called Flower, from the same creators as uh, Journey and Flow. Mm-hmm. Um, if anyone knows either of those games, um, it just sort of has a, um, a light, sort of a floating feeling to it. Just feels good. Yeah. Okay. Mr. Todd. You know, the art's the best part of the book. I'll give that a B plus. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Yeah. Lena? I said B plus as well. Okay. And Lena and I are just in lockstep here. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I'm going to give it, uh, I'll give it an A minus. I actually like the art quite a bit. Uh, then for overall grade, uh, Mr. Jason, what is your grade? I said overall it's a B. Okay. Uh, Mr. Todd? B. Okay, I'm also a B, uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, B as well. Again, I, I liked it all. I, def- I definitely liked it a lot. I just wish there was more coming, and unfortunately, I can't get that. Okay. So. And Ms. Lena. B. Wow, I didn't. I mean, I used my spreadsheet, but I didn't even have to. <laughs> a solid GPA of 3.0, uh, a solid B all the way around. So that was super easy. Um, I did put it all in there just in case someone went off the reservation, but whatever. I was watching him one keystroke at a time. <laughs> Mm. (laughs) (laughs) fantastic uh so who has recommendations for this week that they'd like to get off their chest i got Um, okay okay Okay. uh i was gonna say uh there's a podcast called the women of marvel podcast and they have a pride month episode uh, featuring a roundtable of lgbtq comic creators it features uh, vita ayala Mm -hmm. i was from uh age of x-man prisoner x and acts of evil Teeny Howard, who did uh, Thanos, uh, Age of Conan, Belit, I think, and uh, Leah Williams, Gwenpool Strikes Back, and Extremists. Um, so you should definitely check out that episode. Brian and I saw Vita Ayala at a uh, panel at WonderCon this past year. Yeah, yeah, she was on the Valiant. Wait, panel. Oh yeah, she was on the Valiant panel. That was before you showed okay. up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. She was on the on the Friday. Okay. Yeah, she was on the Valiant panel. Nice. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to recommend that movie that I mentioned earlier, Heart and Souls. I. I'll take Landon's recommendation on it that it still holds up. Um, so I will say, check it out. I remember it being pretty fun. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, yeah. Anyway, I enjoyed it. Todd's probably looking up to see if it exists anywhere online um, right now. It's Robert Downey Jr. and Elizabeth. Um, Shoe. Shoe. Thank you. God, there's oh. too many of them. Yeah. Um, and there's also Charles Grodin and Alfred Woodard and Kara Sedgwick. Kara Sedgwick. Yeah. It's, yeah Damn. Okay. It's wonderful. It's just, wonderful and it i watched it not that long ago and it just it totally stands up it's funny and heartwarming and it's robert downey jr and so you can't 
hate on it too much. I've loved him forever, so um, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Landon, do you have a recommendation? I do. So I realized that Spider-Verse, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, is now on Netflix. And I, I saw watched that. it for the <laughs> third or fourth time. Um, I still need to see that. Super fun. It is. So oh, I watch it, watch it, watch it. highly recommend it. Um, and now that it's on Netflix, everyone should definitely watch it more than once. Um, the art mm-hmm. is, I mean, the, the, the animation is just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the music and the soundtrack, the voice acting, the writing, everything. It's just, um, I am not a massive action movie fan. And obviously this is my intro into comic books, being on this podcast and listening uh. to this podcast. <laughs> But um, it was wonderful. It it definitely um, is something that I think every person, regardless of what your likes or dislikes are, um, and if or if you know anything about Spider Man, it's wonderful. But if you know Spider Man, and especially all the movies going back to Tobey Maguire, um, <laughs> it's it's wonderful. It pokes fun at itself, and it's it's just absolutely fantastic. So it's now on Netflix. We didn't see it in the theaters. See it now. Cool, Mr. Todd. So mine is a movie called Always Be My Maybe, starring Ali Wong, also on Netflix. <laughs> yes. Dude, that movie was awesome. Go watch yeah. it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, so actually, my uh, I have two recommendations. My first one kind of ties in with Lena's. Uh, we got to see Spider-Man Far From Home uh, last week mm-hmm. nice. at a press screening. And it it's... I'm not going to say anything at all, because if I say anything outside of what you see in the trailers, they're all huge spoilers. Uh, this takes place, you know, a little bit after the, the events of Endgame, and essentially you've got Peter Parker wrestling. Uh, he's at odds with like, one wanting to be the next Iron Man because he feels like that Tony Stark was like his father he never really had, and then two, he just wants to be a teenager, so he wants to go to Europe with his friends. He wants to tell MJ how much he cares about her, and then crazy shit happens. Uh, it's a ton of fun. It's really well done. This is officially the end of Phase 3, okay. so this does cap off everything after Infinity War Endgame, and again, this just proves Tom Holland is my Spider-Man. As long as the M- M- as long as Marvel's involved heavily with Sony going forward, I don't see how these movies could ever really be bad. Uh, and then also, uh, stay all the way through the end. There are two after-credit scenes, and... Uh, there's a lot of fan service there, and it definitely does tie into the MCU. So there's some events that take place that will directly affect what we see in Stage 4. Uh, so my review for it actually is about a 9 out of 10. So I, I love that mm. I can't wait to see it again. My second recommendation is, so Fantasy Flight Games, uh, we've talked about them before. Mm-hmm. They own the license to make Star Wars board games. Okay. Like the kind of the mm-hmm. heavy ones. They just came out with a new one last week called Star Wars Outer Rim. And unlike the previous games, this is where you're taking the... the uh, mantle of smugglers like Han Solo or Lando, or you're a bounty hunter like uh, Boba Fett, or you're, um, oh, what's is it, Dr. Afra from the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She can be her. Nice. And, or Jen Ursto, or this and that. And so basically trying to go through and become the most famous or infamous person in the galaxy by collecting bounties, doing jobs, dropping off illegal cargo. It's a ton of fun. It's really easy to learn. I would not recommend playing it with more than two or three players. We played four players last night, and after two hours, we were only halfway done. <laughs> uh, but a two-player game, you can wrap up in about an hour. So check it out. It's really cool. Lots of replay value. And again, once again, Fantasy Flight knocks it out of the park. Sounds great. Cool. Cool. Uh, does anybody else have anything else, or will that do it for this week? 
Okay. Giggity. Giggity. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we will be back next week with another episode. Not exactly sure which order these are all going to come out with. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> life got complicated for, well, still is a little bit, but it still yeah. is. Yeah. Life got complicated. We had to deal with some stiff. Um, but we're back doing stuff and you got to hear the missing episode. So, you know, it's, it's out there in the world now. Uh, anyway, so uh, that being said, thanks so much and we'll see you all later. Bye. 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 And then we press stop. Thank you for joining us. Please rate us on whatever service you listen on. And remember, at least we're not cinema queens. <laughs>